0: What's up, everybody? It is the Power Ranking Show. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. Elliot is out this week. He should be back next week uh, on a little bit of a vacation. So we'll see him then. Joining me today is the fantastic Chad Ryder from NFL.com. You guys know him from this show. You can also listen to him on the Lockdown Cowboys podcast this week where Chad and I did a show talking about the Cowboys draft. But Chad, how you doing today, sir?
1: I'm doing great. I'm uh, happy to be pinch hitting for for Mister Harrison. I'm like Manny Moda for all those people that are listening that know 1980s baseball. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm thrilled to be here to to talk some uh, some draft.
0: Yeah, so because Elliot's out, we get to nerd out a little bit and we get yes. to talk about some some college prospects, right? Cuz otherwise you know that he wouldn't let us do this show. So, actually that's not true. That it's been very accommodating <laughs> to our nerdum. But uh yeah, so today we're going to talk about Chad's top 8 players going into the 2022 college football season and 2023 prospects. Uh Chad, a pretty good list that you have here. And again, these are not guys that we are going to match up with teams. We're just talking about eight players that you are really excited to see this year.
1: Yeah. And I have no interest in doing a mock draft until uh, after the underclassmen have officially declared. Uh, And uh, so, so I'm very thankful not to be doing that, but there's a lot of guys, really interesting guys to watch this year. I think people will generally be more excited about this draft than they were the last one Uh, for, for many reasons, uh, more skill players, more quarterbacks, uh, some really great guys on defense. So it's going to be a really thrilling year of college football. And, uh, and of course that's going to lead to an excellent draft.
0: All right, let's get into your number eight player here. Antonio Johnson safety from Texas A&M a big safety. Uh, what can you tell us about him?
1: Yeah. And he's, it's an interesting cause he's going to be six, two and change about 200 pounds. And frankly uh, A&M uses him as a slot corner more than anything else. I mean, he lines up in the box at times uh, and, and It'll be really his NFL projection will be very interesting because he can play safety. He can play all over the place. He's an excellent athlete, very quick feet, very physical defender. And it wouldn't shock me if a team that uses a lot of man coverage just wanted to put him at outside corner and, and mm-hmm. play him out there instead of at safety. I think he's got the the ability to do that. We're going to see that sometimes. You know, these guys don't work out quite as well as we thought, a la Kyle Hamilton, uh, and that will affect that projection a little bit. But to me, he does a great job in the slot against smaller, smaller receivers, uh, tight ends. He could stick with tight ends, really good tight ends, uh, plays the run very well, very physical guy. Uh, So he does a little bit of everything. So he's a really interesting prospect. And if a team really thinks he can be a great center fielder or if they think he can be a really good press corner, if they if they want him in that role, then he could easily go top 10.
0: You're seeing the NFL be more open to these type of you know secondary de- defenders where yeah we don't really care what we call them whether you're slot corner outside sure. corner free safety box safety just get your five best defensive backs on the field and figure it out. I mean we saw it in Dallas last year with like J. Ron Curse. Yeah, it was like a six four safety. We've seen it now like Dax Hill for the Bengals. Uh, yeah. Some people viewed him as a slot corner. Some viewed him as a free safety. I don't think it really matters, right? Just find your best defensive backs and put them That's on right. the field.
1: That's uh, right. We're we're getting to positionless football almost at this point, right? You've got yes. the guys up front. You've got, you know, and and whatever you do after that is fine. Whatever they look like, as long as they're making plays, as long as they can tackle, get them out there, and get your best guys on the field, as you said.
0: All right, our next uh, guy here at number seven, Miles Murphy, uh, a defensive end from Clemson. Now. I'm a little scarred because of uh, one of the teams I covered taking Cleveland Farrell at number four. Yeah, uh, yeah, you know, one of the bigger defensive ends. How is he different from Farrell? Well,
1: Murphy is much more. Um, I thought for well, first of all, he was just picked too early, and that's not his fault. I mean, that that's he was picked way before anybody else would have picked him. So mm-hmm. that's that's not his issue. Uh, he should have been picked late in the first round where he would have been better value. Okay, and that's where we expected him to go. Um, but Murphy is. He is not he is not dissimilar to Trevon Walker in, in my mm. mind because he's got the build, he's gonna be a little bigger this year, very he can stand up, he moves really well when asked to drop into zone for a guy who's 275 pounds, 6'5, 275. So there's a lot, like if he was playing on George's line, I don't know that you'd be able to tell a lot of difference between him and Walker, honestly. Um, The more I like, the more I watch him, the more I like him. Wouldn't shock me if he ended up top five in in the end, depending on how this season goes. Um, So I think he's, he's, he's more stout than Farrell. And I think honestly, like his power is fantastic, but he's not just a power rusher. He really can turn the corner if in pure pass rush mode. So I like, he can do a little bit of everything. And and I really think he's going to be an outstanding playmaker for them this year. And by the way, there's also another Miles Murphy that you have to be careful about. North Carolina's got a defensive tackle who's also very talented, right? So uh, when you're watching college football, you might be confused by that at some point.
0: So Chad, one of the things that I like to study for defensive linemen and pass rushers is tackles for a loss per game. And then we've seen all of the top guys in the NFL. I mean, name your favorite pass rusher. Those guys all hit at least 1.25 tackles per loss per game in their best college season. We've already seen Murphy do that as a sophomore, 10 games, 14 and a half tackles for a loss, eight sacks. If he can build on that here in his junior season, I mean, you're talking about a guy that could easily be a top 10 pick and maybe even higher than that.
1: Yeah. And the thing with those, you know, kind of statistical, there, there are always issues, right. When you're looking at a Georgia defense, we've got so many guys up front that they don't get the play it's all it would be interesting to do like a per play analysis rather than a per game analysis to mm-hmm. see what, what kind of uh you know what kind of production rate they have but yeah i agree uh he's he's fantastic they'll rotate him uh regularly in that offense too so he may not like have humongous sacks or excuse me stats all the time but his skill set is outstanding and uh he's just going to be one of these power a base four three and power end but with the agility to actually stand up and you don't see that a lot.
0: Yeah. Uh, let's go ahead to your number six player, uh, a certain wide receiver from Ohio state. Now we had what two Ohio state receivers yep. drafted in the top so 11 this year. And this guy might be even better. Plus
1: a former Ohio state receiver picked at number 12. Right? Yeah, So, I mean, yeah. it, was, it was basically a three for, for Ohio state. Uh, uh, yes. And Jackson Smith and Jigba, at times look like the best out of the three at times. Mm. Um, And I think part of that is because the, the outside receivers got so much, um, you know, attention that he, he worked in the slot a lot and found himself available in open space. And and with his speed and elusiveness after the catch, he could be the most dynamic out of the three. Uh, If if three years down the line in the NFL, it would not shock me at all to see him be the most dynamic receiver out of the three, Um, you know, not a huge receiver. He's going to probably work inside, a lot but this year will be interesting to see if ohio state uses him more outside with marvin harrison jr and some of the other really talented young receivers they have to see his full skill set and, and i think even though he's pretty slim you know kind of like chris Olave, he's bigger than chris Olave. but even though if he comes in at like 185 to 190 he's a strong runner too so he he can do a little bit of everything and, it, and it's, he's a lot of fun to watch
0: Size-wise, he actually reminds me a lot of C.D. Lamb, where you know yeah. six foot, yep. but kind of that one eighty-five, one ninety build. Final five games for Smith and Jigba: sixty catches, nine hundred and fifty-eight yards, yeah. and six touchdowns. Yeah. Capped off by a fifteen catch, three hundred and forty-seven yard day against Utah. I mean, this guy was just—he was so good in the final five, final eight games of the season. I think he's got a legitimate chance to be the number one receiver in this class, and maybe even a top five pick.
1: Yeah, he could. Uh, it'll be again, the workouts have something to say about that at, at some level, and um, there's going to be quite a few quarterbacks potentially and more in the conversation this year than last year, yeah, but certainly top ten um, you know is a real possibility.
0: Uh, you've got another receiver ranked uh, right next to him at number five from LSU. Can you tell us uh, about this guy?
1: Yeah, Keyshawn Boutte from LSU uh, got hurt last year. He's had a couple of surgeries on an ankle, so that's the caveat with him. But if he returns, if you played two clips of US, uh, LSU football over the last five years and you saw a guy with a number one jersey running around the field, there are mm. times where you wouldn't be able to tell if that was Jamar Chase or Keyshawn Boutte. Yep. You can't. Because they're they're very similar in size. Chase is probably a little bigger, um, and Butte's got a little more quickness, short area quickness. So they're a little different. But boy, man, when they have that uniform, that number one uniform is just all over the place for LSU. When they're ha- and he's so much fun to watch because he's strong. Uh, he's again, he's like six foot one ninety, so he's not a big receiver, but he plays much bigger than that. Uh, he is so elusive. He is so fast in the open field. If you it, when his when the quarterback is right in LSU, which hasn't happened a whole lot over the last 20 years when Joe Burrow wasn't there. Um, When the quarterback is making those throws to him, he's outstanding in all areas of the game. So inside, outside, short passes, deep passes, he can get behind amazing body control on the sidelines and the ability to win jump balls. He does a little bit of everything, which is why I put him just slightly ahead of Smith and Jigba. Uh, I just think when he's healthy, he's just that little bit bigger, a little bit better His overall game.
0: I remember watching in 2020, it was the LSU old Miss game. That game, that was 53 to 48. Yeah, it was just an yeah. absolute barn burner. 14 catches for 308 yards and three touchdowns. If you even go back and look at his final three games in 2020, and then the first game in 2021 when they played UCLA, yeah. in those four games, 36 receptions, 675 yards and seven touchdowns battled some injuries, didn't play after the Kentucky game last year. But, right. I mean, the pace that he was on was absolutely ridiculous. I mean, he was on pace to, to, to beat out, like, Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase's numbers. So right. he right. needs to stay healthy, but the talent is clearly there.
1: Yeah, yeah. He's a, he's a, a really fun watch.
0: All right. At number four is your first quarterback uh, that we're going to talk about. C.J. Stroud from Ohio State. Uh, I saw an article from Dane Brugler at the athletic today. Uh, He has Stroud as his number one quarterback in the in the class. I think opinions are mixed as to who is QB one in this class, Uh, but you've got Stroud at QB two. What are your thoughts? Yeah. uh, You
1: know, Uh, a really good pocket passer. He, he, the the thing about him is that, you know, a lot of uh, typical pocket passers don't have great touch on underneath throws and intermediate throws. And Stroud really does that well. And I think that sort of separates him from other guys that you might want to compare him to. Um, I mean, he's, He's got the hose, man. I mean, he can let the ball go. And and, that, and when he does that, it's a lot of fun. But I, I think it's really nice to see a guy who can move within the pocket. You know, he's not a lateness footwork. I wouldn't say he's that, but he can move enough within the pocket. He can do enough as a runner to get the tough yards, but yet he's able to take something off those throws when he can to make sure his receiver can get it and make a play after the catch. So that's something I really like about him. He's got some things to work on in terms of his accuracy in the intermediate area, making sure he's not pressing when pressure, you know, trying to make a throw and sometimes even making a couple of turnovers last year when his team had the lead, when you really can't do that, it's a young player. He's got another year here to really step his game up. So this is a little bit of a projection, but I, I think he's really talented.
0: How would you compare him to Justin Fields who came out of Ohio state two years ago, or I guess a year ago. Do you uh, think he's a better prospect similar? I, I think they're
1: different players. I really do. If if they didn't wear the same uniform, I don't think we would compare them. Honestly, no. I think Fields is really more of an athlete. Um, and, and uh, you know, Stroud just isn't that kind of athlete. I, I would trust Fields to make more plays on the run. Stroud's capable of doing that. Um, but he's really best in the pocket. And I don't think that's where fields was, you know, his best. Um, but but he made plays there, obviously. But I think, I think Stroud is really more of a, a more of a traditional pocket guy, um, that can distribute the ball pretty easily. Um, you know, he's got some things to work on in terms of his progression, right. Going from two to three Mm -hmm. to four, but the one thing I don't want to label him as just a pocket passer, because when, when he gets available outside the pocket, He's very, very patient, and he also makes good decisions throwing the ball out of bounds. So he does a lot of really good things. One more year in that system, he should be, uh, you know, ready to be one of the top prospects.
0: Uh, at number three is the other quarterback that I want to talk about, Bryce Young from Alabama. And I, Chad, I struggle with him because I love the anticipation, I love the accuracy. Um, I, I love the way that he hangs in the pocket. Like you watch that Georgia game. I mean, he is getting smashed in the pocket and he's still delivering bullets, but what do you do with a sub six foot quarterback? That's not really, you know, a mobile athlete. I mean, he can move around a little bit, but he's not Kyler Murray. He's not Lamar Jackson or Michael Vick or anything like that. So what do you do with Bryce young?
1: I, I think, I think he's actually, he's more like Kyler Murray but he's just not as fat, like short area quicks. You know what I mean? Sure. But I think yeah. as a as a runner, um, he's very effective, I think. Yeah. I think he's straight line. Now, a couple of times when I was watching games, he he's tried to elude guys, and that's not what he should do, right? He yeah. should just run and then get down, basically. But the thing I do like about him is his competitiveness, and that toughness and competitiveness helps him get – a touchdown. He gets over the goal line as a runner. He gets the first mm-hmm. down as a runner. And in the pocket, he does a really good job. You know, again, guys that are 5'11, it's, you got to have the passing lanes, right? He has a good, he has a really fast delivery, really quick delivery. And you got to appreciate that. And the small things that he does, uh, you know, people say, oh, those are short passes he's throwing. Short, throwing a short pass to your running back perfectly so he can make a play afterwards is not something that it's a skill.
0: Use. It's a skill set, right?
1: Right. And and so, and he works every level of the game. He's at the line of scrimmage calling, um, you know, changing protections, changing plays, and he does all the little things really well. And so I think he's, I think he's really good. I mean, look, you don't want to compare every 5'11 quarterback to Russell Wilson, right? Yeah. I mean, you don't want to do that, but boy, this guy's got the leadership, He's got – and look, his arm isn't plus. I wouldn't say his arm's plus, but it's plenty. It's plenty. He can flick the ball 50 yards. He, he's fine. Um, but I, I think he does everything at an above-average level, plus that just enough athleticism where if you just let him go and work outside the pocket, if you're in an offense where you can roll this guy left and right, he's going to run 15 yards on, on you before you know it. A- in addition to being really smart, about finding targets on the run too. He's not a run first guy, which is what I one thing I like about him a lot. He's not a run first guy, but he'll do it. But he'll look downfield for a guy. And like you said, the accuracy is really good. Um, and you know, all, again, all these guys have things they have to work on: their footwork, uh, making sure that you're, you know, you're, you're under pressure when you've got a five eleven guy in the pocket under pressure his feet speed up a little bit, right? And then he's trying to get rid of the ball quickly, and sometimes he throws it into places he shouldn't. So he's got to work on the maturity and the patience and what to do in the pocket like every other quarterback. But he's really – I really like him as a prospect, and I think he's going to be you know, one of the top couple guys picked.
0: He's in a weird spot where for some – Talent evaluators. It doesn't matter the type of season that he's going to have, right? Because he could he could throw for seventy touchdowns and no interceptions. But some teams are going to be like, you know what? We're just not taking, let's say, an average arm quarterback that's under six okay. foot tall. And if you look at the history of the NFL, I mean, even recent history, right? Tua was six foot. Uh, Johnny Manziel under under six foot. Uh, yeah. You just you just don't have a lot of these guys. Baker Mayfield was what six foot on the dot. A lot of these guys just don't have a lot of success passing the ball in the NFL. So I believe that he can do it because his, again, his anticipation and his, his accuracy is so good, but he's just not going to be for everybody. And yeah. I don't think he's the clear cut number one pick in this class because he's not six foot three and he doesn't have a big cannon arm. And he's not a, a runner that's going to run over guys like Justin Herbert or Josh Allen. Like, just right. not his game.
1: Well, I'll tell you, I think it's going to be very interesting to see how Kyler Murray does this year. Yeah, because if he is outstanding this year, that's going to help Bryce Young, I think, quite a bit. Because I think there's going to be a lot of comparisons between those two. Even though we know Murray's a different kind of runner, and you know, they're not the same. But,
0: but if him, but if Kyler and Tua, both of those quarterbacks struggle that this year, yeah, you know, the it, Alabama quarterback that's six foot tall and the five foot ten. Kyler Murray would be nice.
1: Well, you have to remember, too, that until Russell Wilson came along, um, guys like Derek King would have been moved to receiver when they got oh, to yeah. college. Okay. Yeah. So we, have, we don't have 40 years of, of data to look at in terms of how good short quarterbacks can be. We, we just don't. A lot of them get converted, and they don't get a chance to play. And so I'm really hesitant to say he's short, therefore he can't play um, because we don't have enough of a sample size of these kind of guys. I, I just don't think we're there yet. I, uh, I think, I, I, I think I agree. Young does everything and I, and, I, and I will happily ignore the height if he's able to do everything.
0: I agree. But I also think the NFL told us a little bit about how much height matters in the draft this year, right? Because we saw... Somebody like Malik Willis, who you and I at least liked as a yeah. prospect, go in the third round. Sam Howell, who a lot of people thought could maybe yeah. sneak into the first round, fell to the fifth round. Baker Mayfield gets traded for a conditional fifth round pick. I just, I think because we've had so many of these big athletic quarterbacks work out, that right. teams are just done with these smaller quarterbacks. Like we're just going to bet on tools and upside.
1: Yeah, and we'll see. We'll see how this group does. Um, yes. and, and I think it's very dangerous when you use size as as the the again the Seahawks dined off picking Russell Wilson in the 3rd round for many years right that that mm-hmm. group is still employed in Seattle because of that and i think if one or two of the guys in this draft class this past draft class turn out then you're going to see that owners going to be like wait a minute why didn't you take these guys well, he's short. Well, this. Well, that. It's like no, you, we're getting beat by this guy now. So yeah. um, again, if if Kyler comes out and has a great year, if Tua comes back, and Tua, like comparing um, Bryce Young and Tua's, they're not the same. They're not the same. They're not the same. They're not. They're not at all the same. Totally different release. Totally different players. So um, I don't think you compare that. But I but I think it's really dangerous to to you're just taking yourself out of the market for really good players if you're using that as, as a benchmark,
0: as your right, main benchmark. I, I agree. It's just, we know that it happens in the NFL, right? We know yeah, that for sure. The, I mean, we're not
1: talking. Yeah. Some teams didn't like Rashawn Slater because they had a quote guard build, right? Well, yep. that's ludicrous. He was an excellent tackle in college. He's going to be one. Of, he's already won in the pros. So, you know, the teams will definitely do that.
0: All right. Let's go to your number two player, Jalen Carter, defensive tackle uh, from Georgia. I mean, this is a kind guy of that when you're watching film from last year, when you're yes. watching Jordan Davis and you're watching Devontae Wyatt, you're like, listen, these guys are good. But Who, me- who's 88? Yeah, who's give me 88? 88. That's the guy that's up the field making plays. Uh, tell us a little bit about, about Jalen Carter.
1: Yeah, he's still growing, <laughs> scarily enough. Uh, oh, my
0: gosh. He's,
1: he's going to be, you know, like 6'5", 300. Um, Very like Richard Seymour for people who are, you know, from from the Wayback machine, Mm work for the Patriots. He just gets upfield. He's so powerful and so fast off the snap. And yet when you see him running to the sideline um, regularly to chase after guys at that size, you just realize how athletic this guy really is. is. He's a fantastic player. As you said, he flashes. He didn't have to play a hundred snaps a game because they have so much uh, talent up front. So when he was fresh, he's coming off the ball so hard. And he can also get off blocks, which is very important. Some guys just don't do that. A lot of teams maybe didn't like Perry and Winfrey as much because when he's blocked, he's blocked. And instead of just shooting gaps, that's not the, that's not the case with Carter, very strong upper body can move guys as well as get off the snap, play five tack inside, wherever you want to play him, um, very versatile. and He could be the best out of all those first-round picks from last year. He could be the best player out of them.
0: I thought he was the best player at that defense last year, and that's even including N'Kobe Dean and Lewis Seen and Jordan Davis and Trevon Walker, who was the number one pick. I thought thought Carter was the best one. I think he's got a chance to be a better prospect than, like, Quinton Williams, who was the third pick in the 2019 draft. I think that's the level of player, if not better, That you can get out of Jalen Carter. Yeah. All right. Last one. The only issue,
1: quickly. The only issue I have with Carter is that he kind of forgets that he's 300 pounds now sometimes. So he'll like, you know, uh, hockey players say that they lose their edge if they lose their skate and fall on the ice. He he gets on the ground sometimes because he he just gets so excited and just just has to play within himself a little bit. But man, I mean, it's just a phenomenal. What a phenomenal athlete and player this guy's going to be.
0: Yeah, he's so good. Just go watch any of those Georgia games from last year, and he's dominating anytime he's in the game. All right, here at number one, Will Anderson, edge Rusher from Alabama. You're going to have to talk me off the cliff on this one because I love Will Anderson. I, I, my statement and belief that I've had from him of the last couple of weeks is I think he might be the best edge Rusher to come in the NFL in the last 20 years or so. What do you Since think about Will? Five. Since Vaughn. Yeah. Sure. I, yeah. I mean, definitely since Vaughn and I, man, you compare their size and their play style and even their statistics. And man, I think Willie Anderson I, might even be better.
1: I, I did some comparison with him and Vaughn the other day, just because I've had this going in my mind for a while now. And at AM, and Vaughn, he was, he's a more fluid runner. Vaughn is a more, th- and, and Will is not as fluid and he's more, a little more stiff hips than, than Vaughn. However, he is so powerful for a two hundred and forty five pound guy consistently pushing around three hundred pounders inside, just like Vaughn when he was at a played with his hand down in a four point stance quite a bit mm-hmm. like he did in a m and and uh really powerful off the snap and the thing with will the thing with will is that he's a smart player. And he's coached well. So he's not always just rushing up the field to go get the quarterback, right? I mean, that's, he got to play against, especially these scrambling, you know, really athletic quarterbacks. So mm-hmm. he, he doesn't just rush up the field. But when he's in pass rush mode, forget it. He's very, he's got very, he's got long arms, which he uses for great leverage. If a, if a tackle's on his heels, forget it. He's running right over you to get to the quarterback. He can yep. turn the corner and get parallel to the line of scrimmage. Getting getting that quarterback and with his length, he's just going to swallow that guy up. He's so impressive. Thirty four and a half tackles for loss led the nation last year. Twelve and a half more than Devin Lloyd, who is number two. That's insane. That's an well, insane gap. Can,
0: can, can I give you another stat on tackles for loss because it's, it's so interesting? So I've looked at I've looked at edge rushers since nineteen ninety. The most tackles for a loss um, for these edge rushers and there's been one edge rusher since 1990 other than Will Anderson to have 30 or more tackles for a loss in a season and it was George Selby for South Florida, uh, South playing, Florida. Yeah, but absolutely. he's playing in a much lesser conference yes. for Will Anderson to do that it's absolutely incredible and if you look at like the, the history of these guys that um, like run a f- sub 465 and have 30 yeah. or 25 tackles for a loss Or more in their career. I mean, you're looking at like the the best of the best edge rushers in NFL history. I mean, he's absolutely incredible.
1: Yeah, and he's not just a pass rusher though. Uh and and the thing is, is he is dropped in the coverage at times and he looks pretty good, even though he's a little more stiff than a guy like Vaughn. Uh, but he still looks good. He plays the run. He is not going to get shoved around, even by a double team. He's mm. going to play the run. He does everything. He's just an outstanding defender, and it's going to be a lot of fun again to to watch him again this year and and really, um, you know, try to get Alabama back uh, back to winning a national title, as if they took a big dip last year, right? But I mean, so,
0: I, <laughs> the best defensive prospect. Well, let's say this: best defensive prospect to enter the NFL draft since Von Miller in 2011. So that's that's yeah. a decade. Like that's how rare he is. Yep. And what's what's fascinating about him is he's not 6'5" 270 like Miles Garrett. Right. But it doesn't matter. I mean, he can beat you in so many different ways. And I think he's scheme personal. You can play him in a 4-3, four, three, three, four. Right. You can use him on stunts. I mean, truly a generational you know edge rusher. It's why I love him so much. And if I was his agent or if I was somebody around him, what benefit does he have for playing this year? Like, oh, yeah, what, what's what's the what's the tough. positive that could happen here for him? Yeah, it's tough, and it, it's. I think
1: I think though, guys are too competitive to do. Like, well, look, Jamar Chase was competitive. But there was extenuating circumstances, right, Before with him opting out.
0: Well, and I I also think, I mean, he opted out because of, you know, the COVID season. But he was also coming off a national championship win, right? right? right. If Alabama beats Georgia last year, I wonder if Willie Anderson's playing this year, right? Because now he's chasing that national championship.
1: I think, well, and I think Saban, I think Coach Saban would really um, hound these guys into his whole Iron sharpens iron and competitiveness and all that stuff. And and, and I don't – I NFL teams would not drop his grade if he didn't play this year. There's Absolutely no chance. Absolutely no. no. No chance. chance. Um, despite all the talk about that. But I think these players love playing football and they love the competition and it would be really tough for them to sit out, even though it might make the, the financial sense and all the other sense. I think it's really difficult for that. Uh, that, but I-, I won't be shocked if down the road we start seeing a little bit more of that. Um, and that's the other reason, by the way, that colleges want a bigger playoff. Uh, oh yeah, smart colleges because that keeps all these guys in, right? If you have a 12-team playoff, those guys aren't leaving. Um, and so I think not only does the SEC want to, you know, make sure that more of their schools get into a playoff because they've given away their chance to win other divisions by or other conferences by going to the SEC you know,
0: this is another reason to do that. It, I would also tell Willie Anderson, look at what happened in the NFL last year. Jamar Chase was the number, was it five pick? Yeah. Uh, sat out the season, was the rookie of the year on offense. Michael Parsons yeah. sat out the season, was the number 12 pick, defensive rookie of the year, all pro selection. Rashawn yeah. Slater sat Rashawn out the Slater. season, nope. Pro Bowl same. left tackle kind of uh, Sue same thing. So you you can sit out and still be picked high and still go on to have a pro bowl, all pro rookie season. So yeah. he's not going to do that because I think he's just a little bit different than yeah. some of those guys. Uh, but, we, but it we'll wouldn't see. shock
1: me. It wouldn't shock me if it started happening more often.
0: Oh, I agree. Uh, all right, Chad, before we go, just general thoughts about this 2023 draft. I know we're a long ways out,
1: Yeah.
0: but is it, significantly better than what we saw last year
1: i think people will enjoy it a lot more uh we're going to be talking about honestly we're going to be talking about 20 or 25 quarterbacks and i they won't all come out you know obviously they won't all be drafted but we're going to be talking a lot about quarterbacks this year so yep. that's going to make it a lot more fun a lot of good running backs good receivers again um you know, offensive line maybe not as much but you've got a lot of talent on defense as well and and i think it's a people are gonna have more fun talking about this class this year uh, than last year so overall you know every class has its pluses and minuses but again another strong year of underclassmen um another strong year of we've got again the super seniors coming back into this class right we had some last year this year i count about 150 of my Nine hundred guys that I've looked at so far are super seniors, so Mm -hmm. that group is still happening, coming in for a couple more years, and uh, that'll continue to to get the depth in that in the lower years, uh, lower rounds to to grow as well. So, really interesting year; should be should be a great season.
0: Keep an eye on Miami quarterback Tyler Van Dyke. Last six games of the season, he averaged three hundred and sixty six passing yards a game. 20 touchdowns, three interceptions. Miami went 5 and 1 with him as a starter. He's the one quarterback that I wouldn't be surprised right. if he gets up to being QB3. Wouldn't totally shock me if he jumps one of the other two, but yeah. he's the one I'm keeping an eye on. So, yeah. you guys Will check. Levis.
1: Oh, Will Levis from Kentucky, don't don't drop that guy either. Will Levis has got some real tools. So, That's another guy, play. Anthony Richardson, Florida, Tanner McKee, Stanford. Uh, you know, if if uh Ugalele at, at uh Clemson can figure it out. How about my guy up at Boston College? Your Quebec. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah he would've look, I don't know where he would have went in last year's class, but top fifty, probably. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, he might
0: have been the number one quarterback draft honestly. He honestly. might have been.
1: But uh, it's a but, fun uh, yeah, it's fun gonna quarterback be fun. Class. It's gonna be fun.
0: Make sure you guys check out Chad uh, on NFL.com again. Go listen to him on the Lifetime Cowboys podcast as well. Talking about some rookies uh, over there. Follow me at Marcus underscore Mosier. Elliot Harrison will be back next week. We'll see you guys next time.